The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for joining us today. We're glad that you're listening. We love getting your comments on Facebook and by email, so thank you for sending those to us. We're grateful that you're participating, and um, we know that we always have great guests who let you know what's happening, what's new in recovery, what's the cutting edge, and what can keep you growing. Thank you for letting your friends in your recovery community and in your unity community and uh, in your friendship community know about Spirit of Recovery. We love broadcasting about this topic, and um, we're glad to know that we're touching your heart and getting you thinking and opening you up to some new depths and new possibilities for continuing to grow in your spirituality and in your recovery. So we always are bringing you practical information and lively discussions to get you thinking. Spirit of Recovery is definitely a welcoming place. We want you to know that we are aware that recovery um, is a big topic and that it's a large tent. And so if you're a person who's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member, or you're a family member or a friend of somebody that has the disease of addiction, or whether you're simply interested and looking for information, we're glad that you're here. We welcome you uh, as a listener and welcome your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister. I'm a recovery counselor. And I'm also a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And my walk is an integration of the unity principles and recovery principles and healthy spirituality, and that keeps me uh, transforming and keeps me growing in all kinds of ways. And so today we're uh, glad to have as our guest Nell Hurley. Nell is the Executive Director of the Minnesota Recovery Connection, and our topic today is connecting with life. The, um, we're going to be talking about how it is that spiritual growth and recovery calls us to participate fully in life. 
now as the executive director of the Minnesota Recovery Connection, uh, is a person that's very experienced in developing programs and writing grants and fundraising. She brings over a decade of experience in business communication and nonprofit of development and a wide range of experience in leadership roles um, in many capacities. And she's currently uh, completing a Master's of Nonprofit Management at the Hamlin University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, Now also is in long-term recovery, and her sobriety date is December the 27th, 1997. So, Nell, we're grateful that you're here today, and thank you for joining us on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you, Anna. Great to be here. Yeah. And I know you've got lots to share with us today. The... um, First of all, tell us a little bit about the, what the Minnesota Recovery Connection is and uh, to give us an overview because it's, it's unique, I think. I, I, we'll talk more about that later too, but uh, tell us what it is. Well, Minnesota Recovery Connection is what's called a recovery community organization or an RCO is the acronym that people in, in the field use anyway. Our field loves acronyms, so I might as well (laughs) throw that out there. But we're a recovery community organization, and what that means is that we are an independent, grassroots, nonprofit organization that's run and led by members of the local recovery community, and we exist to serve that community. One of the things that's sort of interesting about um, recovery community organizations and Minnesota Recovery Connection is that um, this sort of model is is actually quite common across the United States. There's like 200 RCOs or recovery community organizations across the country. Um, But it's very new to Minnesota, and not every state has a recovery community organization. They started to kind of pop up about, oh, between 10 and 15 years ago as a way for communities to kind of mobilize um, the people in in recovery in their states or their cities or their, their, their communities um, to work with other people and to advocate for recovery and to kind of bridge the gap between treatment and long-term recovery. So in lots of places, there's, um, there's good access to treatment and, and um, you know, people are generally making it to treatment, uh, but it's harder for people to, to actually enter long-term recovery. So that's kind of the genesis for the recovery community organization as, as kind of a grassroots organization. Great. Yeah, I was not aware that they existed in other places. Um, do you know where the first one got started? Well, it sort of depends on how you really define a recovery community organization. Um, you know, there's sort of some, some of the, the bigger ones have been around for, oh, 15 plus years, but um, in the last 10 or 15 years, as they've started to sort of become um, more prevalent across the country, um, they kind of started in Connecticut, places like Connecticut. There's a very strong recovery committee organization in Connecticut called CCAR. It's C-C-A-R, and I think it's the Connecticut Community for Addiction Recovery Um they have a great website, and they've been around for, I don't know, maybe 12 years or so. And they're kind of, they're almost like the industry leader, if you will. I mean, it's not quite the right word because it's recovery community organizations exist in the nonprofit realm. 
Um, but they do a lot in terms of um, peer-based recovery support, and they have a really strong advocacy program. But So Connecticut has really strong recovery community organizations, um, Massachusetts, Philadelphia, um, New York, uh, Texas, Vermont. Um, there's lots, lots of them, but those are the ones that kind of come to the top of my head. Right. It's fabulous that uh, that these are happening and and uh, that they're going. You, as you brought up earlier, it is kind of almost one of the uh, things that that is ex- part of the recovery process is that it can be very difficult to uh, stay in recovery, whether that's as a person who's got the substance addiction or whether it's somebody that's a family member or so forth. Could you talk a little bit now about wh- what is it that it makes it challenging and difficult sometimes to stay in long-term recovery and how it is that the Minnesota Recovery Connection provides an antidote to that or or a counter to that, I guess. Yeah, well, a a couple of things come to mind. One is that it's, um, you know, entering recovery and and, and long-term recovery is really a huge transition in, in a person's life. Um, and oftentimes there is we're, we're sort of heavy on the on on the upfront care. You know, if somebody is lucky enough to go to treatment, I think a minute ago I said that you know people are really he- getting to treatment, um, you know, mm-hmm. pretty well in a general way. But I, I should actually amend that um, treatment is very strong in many places across our country. Uh, here in Minnesota, there are over 300 treatment providers in our state. We have these kind of giant um, treatment providers, places like Hazelden and and Fairview Health Systems that have been around for decades that have really, really um, great treatment. But because stigma is still so strong, um, very, very few people who need addiction treatment are actually getting, getting to treatment. I think the national statistic is is that um, only 9% of people who could benefit from addiction treatment ever go to treatment. And that's largely due to stigma. I mean, there's some other factors in there, like lack of insurance or lack of, um, you know, financial means. But, but the real sort of barrier to treatment is, is the stigma that still exists. So for people who are lucky enough to go to treatment in the first place, they will oftentimes receive um, great care for maybe 28 days, in some cases, it's much shorter than that. Fourteen. We see a lot of programs here in Minnesota that have maybe 14-day, 21-day programs or 14-day programs or even 10-day programs um, of residential treatment. So if somebody is in treatment for, you know, three or four weeks or if they're lucky, 60 days or 90 days, they, they get great care during that time. But then as they transition back into their community, if they don't have the support in place that is necessary to carry them into long-term recovery, chances are um, they may relapse. Um, that, you know, we, we see that happen all the time. And I think it really reinforces the, the general perception out there that treatment doesn't work. It's a revolving door. Why put money into it? Um, what we know is that treatment does work. But we also need to have in in place um, uh, strong communities and peer-based recovery support and other recovery supports um, in in place after a person leaves treatment. We find that in 
you know, many different forms. We believe that, um, or one of our kind of our core values as an organization at Minnesota Recovery Connection is that there are many pathways to recovery. So whether a person recovers in AA or NA or Al-Anon or through a, through a faith community or, you know, in a culturally specific way, maybe in a sweat lodge community or something like that, it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter as long as there's some kind of, um, community and connection and support in place for long-term recovery from addiction to alcohol and other drugs. Right. You know, you bring up the, uh, such that key point. I know, you know, people have certainly studied AA, you know, which obviously for many years was kind of one of the main ways or in, uh, that people got recovery. And, and certainly one of the components that they keep finding is that one of the things that makes AA so powerful is is the support system, is the connection. So it sounds like y'all have taken that and, or, or that concept, not that you took it from AA, but anyway, the concept of support and being connected, um, and, and that's what really does help that recovery to sustain over time. Yeah, one of the, you know, the, the model, kind of the, the, the business model of a recovery community organization is that it has a very small core staff. And then we mobilize the recovery community. So we, we mobilize people who are already rooted in their own recovery to work with other people who are, you know, just trying to initiate their recovery. Maybe they're waiting for treatment or don't have access to treatment or they're just getting out of treatment. Maybe they're transitioning out of a correctional facility. Maybe they've relapsed. But um, whatever the case may be, for that person who needs that recovery support, we use the people that are already rooted in their own recovery to um, to work with with people who are you know again just trying to initiate their recovery. And it's you know it is um, it 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 really is a, a sort of a philosophy or a technique that's taken from AA or other mutual aid aid groups like NA or or other groups because what what we know is that both it's sort of that win-win situation where both parties really benefit the person who is already rooted in recovery who's working with another person it helps strengthen their their own recovery and it sort of reinforces um, the value of of community and that that shared experience and then it helps the person who is you know just trying to to make their way through this huge life um, transition and transformation. Mm-hmm. Right, it's powerful. Do you have a, a story for us? Of, of course, pr- protecting persons' anonymity and privacy, but a general story for us about how somebody really benefited from participating in the Minnesota Recovery Connection. Oh boy, <laughs> there's so many. Um, you know, maybe. Maybe I can describe our peer-based recovery support programs, and and um, I'm sure I can pull a few stories out of that. But we offer two peer-based recovery support programs at Minnesota Recovery Connection. One is a telephone recovery support program. The other one is a recovery coaching program. And the the way that these program programs work is, as I said, we recruit people and engage people who are already rooted in their own recovery to work with others. Um, in the telephone recovery support program, we train people to reach out to folks who have requested um, peer-based recovery support. 
they sign a very simple consent form. It just has a little bit about HIPAA. Um, they sign off on it. They get us get it get the form back into us at Minnesota Recovery Connection, and then they start receiving a phone call of support once a week for twelve weeks. So it's a little. It's kind of the reverse from from what you normally see in terms of phone support. Minnesota has a lot of, you know, does a lot of things really well and, and has a lot of great resources. So there's places like um, First Call first call for Help or Crisis Connection. You probably have those in Texas where, where you are. Um, but they require the person asking for help to pick up the phone and, and ask for help. So a lot of times that happens at sort of emergency room time or, you know, when things are, um, you know, sort of very... In a, it's a dire situation. In in our model, we go out into the community to do our outreach. So we go to treatment centers, drug court, DWI court, uh, Minnesota correctional facilities. We partner up with other nonprofit organizations in Minnesota that are serving um, populations that may struggle with substance use disorders. We offer the service, and if somebody want, you know says that they want to receive peer-based recovery support, again, they just sign a simple consent form, we start calling them once a week for 12 weeks. And it's really just a check-in call. It's, you know, it's a, it's a volunteer that we have trained, um, somebody who's rooted in their own recovery, who can say, hey, how's it going? What's, you know, what are your barriers to recovery this week? Or what are you facing this week? And, and what can we do to help remove those barriers? So it's just a, it's a very kind of peer-to-peer, um, sh- you know, shared experience uh, outreach um, and at the same time, we train our volunteers to be sort of like experts in what's available in our own community in terms of resources. So the person on the other end of the phone might say, I'm doing okay. I've been out of treatment for four days, and I went to a meeting. It was okay, or it was really scary, or it was great, you know, whatever their experience is. But what I really need is a job, or what I really need is safe, sober housing. And the volunteer has access to resources and databases where they can they can connect that person to different resources. Um, again, the thing that's unique is that we are doing the calling. We know that that... You know, the ideal is that somebody goes through treatment and after 28 days, the counselors walk them to the door and they say, go to AA, um, connect with your community, reach out for help when you need it. But that's really hard to do sometimes. Um, if a person can do that and ask for help, it's great. It works really well. But during that very vulnerable kind of transition time, before a person is rooted in AA or whatever pathway is going to carry them into long-term recovery, it's easier for that person to answer a phone call than to make a phone call. Right. Now, thank you so much. It's time for a break. Uh, We're going to take a brief break, and uh, thank you all for listening out there. We'll be right back with uh, Nell Hurley and the Minnesota Recovery Connection talking about connecting with life. So listeners, stay with us, and we'll be right back. Our goal at Unity Online Radio is to continue expanding our spiritual programming and growing our listening audience. To help us become an ever stronger voice in today's world, we ask for your support. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you.
If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. have a good life and are grateful for it. But what if you stretched beyond good and shifted to amazing? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of the First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an amazing life. Transcend the need for acceptance of others and be an example of living the truth. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an amazing life right now? Learn how each week on From Good to Amazing. Mondays at 4 p.m. Central Time right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're really glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Connecting with Life, and my guest is Nell Hurley. Nell is the Executive Director of the Minnesota Recovery Connection, which is a a group that uh, gets people involved, people in recovery involved in their community in a variety of ways. We're having a great conversation here about how that works, about how it supports recovery, and how it supports full living. And uh, Nell has a lot of experience in the nonprofit world and in building um, community and building organizations. So she's going to be telling us some more about how that works, about how you could find such a uh, group in your area or maybe even get one started. But before Nell and I continue our conversation, I'd ask you to join me for just a moment uh, as we take some time to center ourselves to relax and peace of mind in our Serenity Minute. So I invite you to take a breath, relax, and share with me this constructive idea. Guided, energized, and clear, I participate fully in life. Guided, energized, and clear, I participate fully in life. Thank you for joining me here with the Serenity Minute. Hope it uh, helped you to relax and Take just a moment to get in touch with that power that guides you. So now we're back talking with my guest, Nell Hurley, the Executive Director of the Minnesota Recovery Connection. Our topic is Connecting with Life. The uh, website for the Recovery Connection, if you'd like to read more about them, is www.minnesotarecoveryconnection.org. So uh, now before... 
excuse me, I had that wrong. It's minnesotarecovery.org, minnesotarecovery.org. So, uh, now before the break, you were telling us about uh, some of the things that the Recovery Connection does in, in getting people uh, connected with their community, with other people in recovery, how you take a proactive stance uh, towards reaching out to people that are uh, new in recovery. Um, also, the Minnesota Recovery Connection does other things. One thing that you do is advocacy. Tell us about that. Yeah, the the advocacy uh, that we do here at Minnesota Recovery Connection is really a, a major component of our mission. There's really sort of three arms or legs to our mission. One is peer-based recovery support, which I was talking about a little bit before the break. We have um, peer-to-peer recovery support programs like um, our telephone recovery support program and we have a recovery coaching program. Um, we also do recovery-related public education and outreach and advocacy work. And the advocacy work that we do is really about um, bringing visibility to the recovery community, um, mobilizing the recovery community to advocate for for recovery, to bring a, um, a, a to bring hope really to the community, and to put a positive face and a voice on recovery. There's so much sort of negative attention around addiction, and so much focus on addiction in in the media. Uh, you know, every day you see something in the newspaper about somebody who's killed a family of four, drunk driving, or nurses who are stealing medication from their patients, and those things do happen, but but recovery also happens. Literally millions of people are in recovery from addiction to alcohol and other drugs. I think the number is 23 million people in the United States are in recovery from addiction to alcohol and other drugs. That community can be sometimes hard to to see it can be a little bit invisible um, if you don't kind of know know where to look. So one of the things that we do at Minnesota Recovery Connection, and, and one of the things that most recovery community organizations across the country do, is to advocate for recovery to reduce stigma around addiction to alcohol and other drugs. All right. What are some things that? Uh, y'all do to uh, do that, to help people see long-term recovery is reality. People are out there being great citizens, participating. How do you make that visible? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because um, there are some very concrete things that, that we can do as a community to bring visibility to the recovery community. One of the things that we do is we participate in um, National Recovery Month, which happens in September every year. It's a national effort to bring attention and, and visibility to, to the recovery community and to um, communicate the message that, that treatment works and to celebrate recovery. There really is so much to celebrate in, in recovery, not only for the individuals who are in recovery, but we know that recovery benefits everyone, not just, you know, singular people, but but their families and their friends and their neighbors and their employers and, and uh, the people who work for them and, and whole communities really benefit from every single person's recovery. So that's what um, National Recovery Month is all about. And I believe they have a website. I'm not sure. You might have to just Google it, but it's National Recovery Month. It's uh, sponsored by SAMHSA, which is um, Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration, which is part of the federal government. Um, so there's a whole National Recovery Month website. But we, 
at Minnesota right, You can go on that SAMHSA website and get download free, great, I mean, all the resources you want, posters and everything. Yeah. It's actually, I website. just pulled it up here. The, the website okay. for Recovery what is Month it? What's is... The address? It's recoverymonth.gov. Great. And that will, can, you can plug in a zip code and you can find Recovery Month um, activities and events in your community just by plugging in a zip code. So that, that is a great resource. But at Minnesota Recovery Connection, we do four events um, in September each year. Um, one is a twins, Minnesota Twins baseball game. Um, Minnesota built a, a new baseball stadium two years ago. It's called Target Field. It's big and beautiful. It's right in downtown Minneapolis. And the, the Minnesota Twins are a great community partner for us. Um, they sponsor a Recovery Month baseball game every Every year it happens in September, and we buy 1,500 tickets all in one section. We resell those tickets at cost to members of the recovery community, and the way we define the recovery community is um, very broad. So it includes people who are themselves in recovery from addiction to alcohol and other drugs, but also their families, their friends, their allies, and the professionals who serve them. So we sell 1,500 tickets all in one section to members of the recovery community, um, and the twins put a big message on the Jumbotron that says, Rally Caps for Recovery, Recovery Month. Um, last year we had... Uh, an Emmy Award-winning um, vocalist and performer who's a, a member of the recovery community sing the national anthem. We usually get someone from the recovery community to throw out the first pitch. So the twins really give us a lot of opportunity to create visibility. And they announce it, that it's the Rally for Recovery um, baseball game. And so all of those other thousands of people that are in Target, Target Stadium at Target Field can can see that there are that many people in recovery all sitting together. And it's really a great way to bring visibility and hope um, to, to, the, to the recovery community and to those who are, you know, kind of still out there not, not knowing that, that people actually do recover and recover long-term. So that's one thing that we do. We do a walk for recovery um, every September. We do an art show. We do a spirituality breakfast. So we, we do events where we can... Um, bring attention to the recovery community and, and gather the recovery community in public spaces again so that the general public, the media, um, our policymakers can see that long-term recovery is a reality. It's really great. It's my favorite month of the year. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time. The, you do also do some political advocacy on behalf of recovering people, right? Or Tell us about that. We do. Um, we have an event uh, called Recovery Day on the Hill. Um, this year it was on March 12th, so it was just a, a couple of weeks ago. And that's a rally at the state capitol in Minnesota where, again, we gather the recovery community at the state capitol um, where, and it's an opportunity for, for members of the recovery community to share their stories with uh, our elected officials and, and to say, you know, we are the recovery community. We are a, a constituency of consequence. Please uh, keep us in in mind as you make as as you create policy that that could could affect the recovery community. The recovery community and and people who suffer from substance use disorder is 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 very broad. I mean, it, you would be hard pressed to find. It's almost like cancer. Like everyone knows 
someone who has um, struggled with addiction, it seems like. So this is really a, um, it's a, it's a public health issue, and um, it's, a, it's a very broad national issue that touches many, many, many lives, and it costs many, many millions, if not billions, of, of dollars. And, um, you know, the, the antidote is, to that is recovery. People, given, the, um, given access to treatment and, and other re- recovery support, people can and do recover, and they recover long-term. Um, we've, you know, we've, we've seen so much recovery um, when we look for it, so... That's what Recovery Day on the Hill is all about. Um, we gathered hundreds of people from the recovery community in the rotunda of our state capitol, and we invited elected officials to be there to hear our stories and to also um, speak and give a message to the recovery community regarding their commitment to supporting the recovery community. Great. I know Faces and Voices of Recovery is another organization. Um, tell us about them. I know you are maybe not affiliated with them, but they, but they do kind of similar things? Or tell us about Faces and Voices. Yeah, we actually are affiliated with Faces and Voices of Recovery. Faces and Voices of Recovery is the national advocacy organization. Um, they're based in Washington, D.C. They've been around for 10 years. Um, they also have a website. I believe it's facesandvoicesofrecovery.org. Um, and... Faces and Voices of Recovery, as I said, is, is the, the national advocacy organization. So they, um, on a much larger and national scale, are doing just what recovery community organizations are doing in their own smaller communities, where they are mobilizing the over 23 million Americans that are in recovery from addiction to alcohol and other drugs to advocate for recovery, to put a positive face and a voice on recovery, to show the, the general public and the media and our policymakers that recovery is a reality, that, that people can and, and do recover. Um, we are members of a, kind of a subgroup uh, of Faces and Voices of Recovery called ARCO is the acronym. It's A-R-C-O, the Association of Recovery Community Organizations. So if, uh, probably if somebody Googled ARCO or Association of Recovery Community Organizations, they would um, be able to find a list of recovery community organizations that are members of that organization and recovery community organizations in their, um, in their state or, or their community. Right. How did you uh, or how did the Minnesota uh, community get started? And uh, if people want maybe find one, if they, if they don't have one in their area, maybe they'd want to start one. Or at least how did you get started? That's kind of the way that it works, Anna. You know, we Minnesota didn't have a recovery community organization until two years ago. We just started up in February of, of 2010. And um, really the way that we got started was there was a, a small group of members of the local recovery community that knew about the recovery community organization model and kind of the national advocacy movement that was starting to take place through Faces and Voices of Recovery and they wanted a recovery community organization for Minnesota. They, uh, you know, Minnesota has a very, has a great reputation for being a strong recovery state. And we are a strong recovery state. There's great treatment here. There's lots of people in recovery here. There's really strong 12-step communities here. 
but there still are a lot of people who aren't getting to treatment in the first place or who maybe are going to treatment but not making it into long-term term recovery. So they wanted to form uh, a grassroots recovery community organization in order to fill that gap between treatment and long-term recovery for those who needed it. And, and you know, like I said, it's a grassroots movement. So it really um, was, it, it started kind of back in about 2007 with this group of people who wanted this for Minnesota. They started organizing and um, talking about, you know, how they could, how to get funding and trying to get funding. In 2008, the recession really hit, and they, they couldn't quite get it off the ground in terms of programming and staff, but they kept at it. They got 5013C3 status from the IRS, and they organized as a board, and they started to put a little bit of programming in place. And then in 2009, the state of Minnesota um, Department of Human Services Alcohol and Drug Abuse Division also knew about this model, and they they said, yes, we want this for Minnesota. So they issued a request for proposals to fund exactly this kind of initiative. Uh, this group responded to the, the RFP, the request for proposals, and um, and we got funded by the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Division. It's federal block grant money that comes through the state. Um, and then, you know, since then we've worked to diversify our, our funding um, and and to become a sustainable, viable organization. Um, but the bulk of our funding does still come from the state of Minnesota, Department of Human Services, Alcohol and Drug Abuse Division. I would recommend if there's anyone out there who's listening who wants to get a recovery community organization started in their in their state or in their community to contact Faces and Voices of Recovery. They provide tons of support for RCOs across the country. They've got all kinds of toolkits and technical assistance, and there's the Association of Recovery Community Organizations, and you don't really have to, you know, reinvent the wheel. A lot of this, and that's what we did. We really followed the model that was happening in, in Connecticut through um, CCAR, as I mentioned. Um, and the other thing that's great about the recovery community organizations across the country is I think there's a... Hmm, I think there's 50 members of ARCO, of the Association of Recovery Community Organizations. So they all share information, and um, there's lots of support for people who, you know, want to get get kind of jump jump on the the advocacy movement and and keep it moving across the country. So, right, that's great. It's so exciting uh, to hear about all that that y'all do because. You know, as you said, when people leave treatment, of course the counselors are all hoping, you know, they're going to do all those things that you said, that they're going to get to their meetings, they're going to get connected, and and we know that they don't. I mean, a lot of times some people do, some people don't. So what you're doing is you are, you're really making that possible. You're proactively reaching out and doing what the the treatment centers just can't do. I mean, they can't do everything, and I love it. And because it's it's based in the grassroots, it's it's really... It, it just is so good all the way around. It just creates um, what recovery is all about. It's, it's all about participating, and this model really does that. So it's very exciting stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Good. Well, it's time for our break. Um, listeners, thank you for being with us. We're going to be right back, and we'll continue our conversation uh, with Nell Hurley, the Executive Director of the Minnesota Recovery Connection, about connecting with life and how, uh, as recovering people, we can all participate in uh, 
really ways that create a, such a positive uh, forward movement for everybody. We'll be right back. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. What would a human life, based on the principles of an evolutionary spirituality, look like? Reverend Kelly Isola wants to talk with people of every faith, or no faith at all, to passionately participate in the next great epic in the emergence of consciousness and culture. If the choice is ours to consciously evolve, then what can life look like at this pivotal time in human history? Join us each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Spiraling Consciousness with host Reverend Kelly Isola right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery@unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for joining us today on Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're listening, and if you've just uh, joined us. Our topic today is connecting with life, and we're talking about how it is that our recovery really calls us to participate in life, and that's what spiritual growth is all about, This is getting out there and being who we are and uh, being proud. We're talking with Nell Hurley, who's the Executive Director of the Minnesota Recovery Connection, and if you'd like to uh, visit that website, that's www.minnesotarecovery.org, and learn more about uh, recovery communities, recovery organizations. You can also visit the Faces and Voices of Recovery dot org website, and uh, you can see how this all works and how, if you're interested in it, um, you could maybe participate if, in ways that might interest you. So, Nell, um, tell us about some other ways that you uh, engage in the Minnesota Recovery Connection with the public. You've told us a lot of things about how you're all involved. Tell us other ways that you're participating. Well, the other ways that we engage members of the recovery community is it's kind of the third arm or the third leg of, of our mission, which is related to advocacy. We call it um, recovery-related public education and, and, and outreach. So that is really about you know, like our advocacy work, educating the general public, um, the, the media, our policymakers, but even members of the, the larger recovery community about what it means to be in recovery. What does that mean for us as individuals? What does that mean for our families and, and for our communities? So there's lots of things that we do to engage members of the, of the recovery community to 
um, to stay involved, to give back to the community, and also just to learn more about how to advocate for recovery and how to deepen um, their their own recovery. So we do lots of different things throughout the year and throughout each month where we, we for instance, we have a recovery speaker series where we bring in a speaker once a month. That's a, that event is a partnership between Minnesota Recovery Connection, the Recovery Church, and Hazelden, which is a um, large treatment provider in Minnesota. Um, and we, so we bring someone in to give a talk, a recovery-related talk. So it's not a meeting per se, but um, it's a recovery-related talk, and the community loves it. You know, we usually have three or 400 people who show up at at these events, they're free to the community, um, and it's just a great way to um, to to connect with with the community and and um, to get a a bit of public education around around recovery. So, and then we do other events. Like so, do you have people that come to these that aren't in recovery? People that are just general community members, or not? We do. I mean, the bulk of the people who show up are are people who are in recovery, but they're, they're, they're open to anyone, and many times um, family members come, um, you know, as a, as a way to learn more about recovery-related topics and issues and to support their family members, and so it's, it's open to the public. It doesn't, it's not, you know, a closed um, meeting, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. We also, um, as I said, our organization is a grassroots organization, so it's really about mobilizing people in the community, people in the recovery community to be, be involved and, and engaged and to give back to the community. So we have different um, committees that are open to the public, so they're open to any member of the recovery community who's interested in participating um, we have an outreach committee, we have an advocacy committee, and we have what's called the recovery works committee. Um, so we, w- one of the things we do as a recovery community organization is we provide a structure for people to get involved and, and to um, advocate for, for recovery. You can find out more about any of those committees on, on our website. Um, we also, in terms of recovery-related public education and outreach, we do lots of different, like, trainings and workshops and, as I mentioned, speaker events. Um, so, for instance, this month we are offering, or in April, rather, we're offering um, a couple of workshops around jobs and training. So we're doing a, we're partnering up with another nonprofit organization in the community called Emerge, and they specialize in jobs, jobs and training. Um, so we're going to offer a resume building workshop for people in recovery, and then follow that up two weeks later with an uh, an interviewing um, skills workshop. So we do stuff like that. We, you know, we 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 really try to cover the different dimensions of wellness and health. So um, with recovery kind of at the center of everything. So we we might do a workshop on nutrition and recovery, or um, you know financial literacy for for people in recovery, or you know there's all these different sort of dimensions or or elements to life, and so we try to incorporate those in the recovery related education that we do. 
Great. I'm going to ask you a, a bit of a personal question. What got you interested uh, you uh, in participating in this? I know on your website there you do talk about your own long-term recovery, and, and now obviously you're working in, in a professional capacity to support recovering people. What got you interested in, in the professional aspect of this, and, and how has it uh, touched you or changed your life? Well, it's funny. I never, I never thought, I never pictured myself in in this field. You know, as a as a professional in in the recovery field, I I have a business background and also a background in non nonprofit management. Um, and a couple of years ago, when Minnesota was just launching, really launching the recovery community organization with funding, um, the job was posted, and I really was drawn, you know, I, I myself am a person in long-term recovery from addiction to alcohol and other drugs, and what that means for me is that I haven't taken a drink or a drug in over 14 years. So my sobriety date is December 27, 1997. Um, and I am very rooted in, in the recovery community in my town, in St. Paul, Minnesota, and have been for for the last 14 years. So I had that kind of personal um, connection to recovery and, and to the local recovery community, but I also had... Uh, um, Marketing and and communications and nonprofit background, and so I think that the board of directors saw in me kind of the right mix of um, someone who is passionate about recovery and and um, and has that personal connection, and also I mean, w- you know, we've we have really launched a. a an organization in the last two years, and I, I tell people I've never worked so much or so hard in my life, but I've also mm-hmm. never had so much fun. I mean, it just has been an incredible journey, and just, you know, watching watching people um, watching people recover and, and grow, and just, it's it's amazing. It really is my, my dream job, and really a great place to be, and in terms of um, being rooted in the recovery community and and doing advocacy work, I didn't know anything about ab- advocacy, and that's one of the things that's been so fun too. Is that I think that there's a lot of people out there. I know in our community in Minnesota and probably nationally too, who who have long term recovery and they they want to they would like to advocate for recovery, but they just don't really know how. Um, for a lot of people, as they recover long term, they kind of retreat into their own lives of, you know, jobs and family and grandchildren, and, and life becomes busy. But given the opportunity and the structure to advocate for recovery, something that made their life possible, people jump on that. And that's what we've been able to provide to the recovery community here in Minnesota. Um, it's, it's just been really cool. That's great, and it, it I'm sure it does a lot, just the fact of having an organization like this and where you can uh, be out in public in a very positive way does a lot to erase that stigma in your own mind that you're talking about. What Have you seen that happen for people, that the quality of their life goes up just because, you know, some of that shame stuff goes away? I... I 
I really have. I mean, you know, one of the things that, that we do is um, we teach people how to talk about their own recovery without violating the anonymity traditions that are so vital to 12-step programs. Um, and, you know, it's something that I experienced in my own recovery. I used to work for a software company where it was a lot of young, you know, guys, and it was sort of a... Um, you know, we we live in a in a drinking culture, and I didn't want anyone at that at, at that software company to know that that I was in recovery. And um, you know, I, I've been given, I've been trained, and given the tools to talk about my own recovery. I don't know if you noticed this, but I um, when you first asked me about my my own personal story, I said I'm a person in long term recovery. What that means for me is that I haven't taken a drink or a drug in over 14 years. Well, that's that's a tool. That's a script. I didn't say anything about a mutual aid group or any kind of 12-step program, but I was able to, re- to identify myself as a person in long-term recovery. And um, Faces and Voices of Recovery has developed a messaging training to teach people how to do just that, again, without violating the anonymity traditions that are so important and so, so vital to 12-step programs. Um, and it's really a powerful tool. I have had the opportunity to testify before the legislature as a person in long-term recovery when certain bills have been in the legislature that could affect access to treatment or um, other things that affect the recovery community. And for me to stand in front of, you know, the policymakers and the public and say, say those words, I'm a person in long-term recovery, and what that means for me is this, um, you know, not only does it mean that I haven't taken a drink or a drug in over 14 years, but it means that I'm uh, I'm a professional. I have um, a master's degree, uh, and I'm I'm working on my second master's degree. I've I, I'm a yoga teacher. I've finished five marathons. I'm a mother. I'm engaged in my community. I volunteer. I pay taxes. I contribute to Social Security. I mean, all of those ways that I'm able to give back to um, society because of my recovery it uh, are benefiting everyone in the room, um, you know, practically, or, you know, if, if not everyone in the room, then at least some people that are related to me or live with me or close to me. Um, it's, it's really a, a powerful thing that we can um, give to the recovery community that messaging training that was developed by Faces and Voices of Recovery. Yeah, that's really something else. Is uh, is there anything else about it that you could share with us quickly about uh, that about how a person would structure that message? Well, I would say um, visit the Faces and Voices of Recovery website because there's a whole section of their website on the messaging training, and there are some very important key things to both say and not say when you're talking about yourself as a person in long-term recovery, Um, and things that you wouldn't, you know, aren't necessarily um, intuitive, but but once they're pointed out, it makes sense. There are things that can really reinforce stigma that, um, that, you know, I, I even catch myself saying, and then I, you know, say, oh. Um, so I would visit the Faces and Voices of Recovery website. That's fabulous. That's great. It's it's the opportunity to feel within yourself and also to communicate to other people that I'm a, a human being and I have lots of aspects and recovery is uh, a wonderful thing that makes me able to participate. 
Now, thank you so much. Our time is up. You've given us so much uh, food for thought and so much uh, wonderful energy and excitement. And um, thank you for doing what you're doing, and thanks for taking this hour with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. And so, listeners, we're glad you're with us. Uh, Join us next week when our uh, guest is going to be Mark Fuss, and we're going to be talking about second chances. Next week is... uh, the opportunity, it's Holy Week, so it's that opportunity to think about how uh, recovery may be like resurrection and what it means to have a second chance. Know that you can uh, listen to this program on our archives, and also we have lots of other programs on our archives, and you can listen also um, on your mobile phones. So there are lots of ways to hear about the spirit of recovery. God bless. Have a wonderful week, and know that you're in my thoughts and prayers. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. The Unity Message is universal, uniting, empowering, and transformational. Carrying this message to the world with the power of music and song are scores of singers and songwriters who dedicate their extraordinary gifts to helping heal the world and spread the message of unity and oneness. These are the Messengers of Unity. We salute the Messengers of Unity. to Pazapalooza, Music That Matters, with host Richard McDesey, to hear the music and the artists who are changing the world, one song at a time. Fridays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Circe points out in her book, Do Greater Things, There is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you ever noticed that life is filled with amazing people? People who are passionate about being alive and fully engaged in living on purpose and with intention. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on Unity Online Radio. Each week, we bring you an hour of inspiration and motivation to empower you to be the best you you can be. 
Listen in and open up as we present some of the most dynamic teachers, authors, musicians, and celebrities that are living the life extraordinaire. Spirituality Today, every Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, where life is good, and so are you. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.